Hi, and welcome to Talking Trading. I'm financial journalist Caroline Stephen. Our special guest today is trading game mentoree Linda Croker. Linda has been trading the markets for 15 years. Her snapping point to enter came on a Friday afternoon when, in her job as a dental technician, she swore she saw a box of dentures and they were laughing at her. She was determined to find another income which she could make from home. And 15 years on, she keeps learning and evolving in the markets and her trading system is in high profit. We also hear from Louise Bedford in MindPower on Optimum Bias. And Louise asks you, are you enjoying where you are in your life right now? But first up with the Ginger Gibbon offending people left, right and centre in the United States. We find out how the markets are performing for the week ending the 14th of October with Chris Tate. Chris Tate, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Morning, Caroline. Chris, how did the U.S. markets close last week? U.S. markets and markets in general can best be described as being in a state of profound disinterest for everybody. The issue the poor Americans have is the, let's say, the bunch of mad monkeys competing over their election is making things immensely difficult for them. But having said that, it needs to be put in context that the U.S. market has really not gone anywhere since the beginning of 2015. It's been very, very stagnant and continuing to be so. And unfortunately, that that has been the way for all world markets. I mean, if you look at the performance in the past, what, six months, you've got the Dow Jones down 2%, the S&P 500 down well, just under 2%. We're almost virtually square. And among the Western markets, the best performing has been the DAX and the FTSE, uh, with the FTSE having this odd post-Brexit bounce as the... Yes, uh, let's talk about that, this odd post-Brexit bounce. The, the odd thing about England is you've got this tremendous dichotomy. Uh, the very insular equities traders uh, must still think that the sun has not set on the empire, so they've been very, very excited about that, and their market bounced quite a bit. You could say that the much more worldly currency traders have gone, yeah, no, that view's wrong, we're stuffed. Uh, Because in the past six months, if you look at uh, the pound versus a variety of currencies, uh, it's down anywhere between 14 and 12%, depending on the pair you compare it to. And for the year to date, some of of these falls are of 21, 22%. We need to put this into context that if you look at the, long, the pound in the long term, if we, if we look back, we take a long view, what you see is that against a basket, basket of currencies, the pound actually began its decline in 1981. And this, this is the thing I think people miss. And I think it's the thing that uh, the POMs miss. The sun has set on the empire. And one of the problems we have is that we're very myopic and very egocentric about our own country. We, we think it's the centre of the universe. And the intriguing thing about travelling is that one of the things you learn is that there are only two countries in the world that matter, the United States and China. Everyone else is a bit part player. Uh, we see it here domestically with our politicians continuously telling us that Australia is playing a leading role in this and a leading role in that. Bullshit. We bring the oranges to the football match. 
And that's all we do. And it's the same with the English. The English are a second-rate power, even within Europe. And I think what you see is this dichotomy. The, the currency traders understand this. Equity traders don't. And this explains why the pound's dropping, but the FTSE's going up? Yes, I think you've got this disconnect in psychology and reality going on. And the thing to say about the FTSE, though, is it did roar up to its most recent high, hit it, and has now fallen back. Let's come back to the Australian market. How is that performing? We're also going nowhere. If you look at us, again, over a slightly longer term, the last sustained climb we had was 2012 through to the last quarter of 2014. And if we look at the actual level of the index, we're no further advanced than we were in 2014. So we are actually struggling. Is this unusual? Look, without wanting to sort of depress people or or be negative about it, 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 there are historical examples of markets going down for a generation. Uh, The Nikkei has gone down for a generation because of systemic problems within Japan. Now, they're not the same problems we have, but without commodity prices moving and without the brakes being applied to the housing market, there's no impetus for our market to go up. There's, markets go up because people buy equities. And if you, if you do a, a quick and dirty comparison, there's, I think, about $1.6 trillion in compulsory superannuation. There's $6 trillion in invest in residential real estate investment. That's all you need to know. Mm. And that, that explains the entire story. It is simply investor interest. There is no interest. Let's go in... to commodity markets. How are they performing? Ah, now these are actually interesting. And they're actually a, a market where, again, we come back to this need for market-based diversification. One of the good things about currency markets and commodity markets is that they have actually been trending. The issue with the pound is it is trending. It's actually moving, and that's a good thing. The issue with commodity markets, particularly over the past month, is that they're actually moving, and you've got this wonderful split in the move. You've got a situation where you can be long the energy sector, short precious metals, and you've got these very strong returns from both sides of that coin. The energy sector has started to move, particularly in the past two weeks. Conversely, Precious metals in the past two weeks have started to come unglued. So you are getting decent returns or decent trends, at least in the short term, from those markets. Uh, It's far better than you would do in equities markets. And it is reflective of that need for diversification or just taking a big picture view. So, Chris, let's be very upfront. And what opportunities are you looking at personally at the moment? Okay, I am currently short the pound short the euro against the US dollar, long the energy sector, short gold, short silver, oh, and also short palladium. There are no equities in the mix at all. Advice to traders for this week? One of the things we face is that until Hillary Clinton sees off the ginger gibbon and there is some certainty in the US markets, then they're not going to go anywhere. And conversely, by extension, we are not either, unless there's some shock that comes out of left field. So equities, as a broad rule, are stagnant. I I would be looking much further afield for opportunities and uh, putting equities on the back burner until they actually start to trend. There's no reason to buy equities when markets are not trending. Chris Tate, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Caroline.
We have an optimism bias. We think the future will be easier, it will be happier, it will be brighter than where we are right now. Often though, things aren't as good as we anticipate. I want you to honour the season of your life. Where are you at right now, rather than looking always forward, always into the future? You know, when I was single, people asked me, so when are you going to get a boyfriend? When I was dating, people said, when are you going to get married? When I was married, they said, when are you going to have a child? When I had one child, when are you going to have another child? It was like I couldn't enjoy where I was right now. Just let me sit and breathe. Have you been able to enjoy where you are at right now? This is the one season of your life that you have available to you to really revel in. Enjoy the effort of learning about the markets. Enjoy your struggle. Enjoy those first few trades where you're feeling vulnerable and you're not sure if this will be you. Enjoy the new identity that you're forming as a trader. Enjoy this season of your life. Cram your life with things that you love. Cram your life currently with joy. And you will enjoy the trader's life. Hi, this is Dr. Barry Burns with Top Dog Trading. And I am a big fan and listen to Talking Trading. Every episode that comes out, I subscribe. I'm on there. I'm listening and I'm loving it. And you should too. Trading game mentoree Linda Croker has been trading the markets for 15 years. Her daily FX system is very profitable. And yet, after all this time, she still feels like she is evolving and learning in the markets. In today's interview, we hear Linda's trading journey. Please note that on the day of this interview, Linda had a cold, but she bravely soldiered on to share her story. Linda Croker, all the way from the Gold Coast. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hi, Caroline. Linda, you're a mentoree of 2003, so you have a lot of experience under your belt. Linda, why did you decide to trade the markets in the first place? Uh, Caroline, I was it started for me in 2001. Um, I was working as a dental technician. That's my trade. And I was becoming really dissatisfied with what I was doing and looking for a way that I could perhaps make some money working from home and in front of my computer. I remember a distinct experience one Friday where I was sitting at my bench and I looked up and I saw all these boxes of dentures sitting in front of me. And they, it was like they were laughing at me. And that was, <laughs> I know, it's, it was a weird snap point for me, but um, that kind of cracked me into gear. I signed up for um, some wealth creation seminars and which covered share and property investing. The share investing side of it really, really grabbed me. I, I started trading. I read some books. I came across Chris's book, which I absolutely loved, I loved his style of writing and um, his talking about the psychology of trading and the space that trading happens in the space between your ears. And it really, I knew this was someone I wanted to learn. It was The Art of Trading, yeah, which is a great book. And I'd also um, come across uh, Chris uh, Louise's books as well. So 
I was delighted to um, discover that they had the trading game and they ran a mentor program. So it was a no-brainer. I signed up and um, that's really where, where I started trading properly, yeah. So what did you like best about the mentor program? I loved that it was an online program. Um, that really suited me and that you could do the program at your own pace, although there was a lot in there and it was fast-paced. The fact that you could repeat the course for free, that's really invaluable. I think, um, you know, there's so much in there and you don't always get it on the first go. And it, there's even more. And I think when I did it, it was three months now, it's six months. So there's more in there than ever and all the resources. So it's great that you can do it again if you need to. And then just the the actual concepts and that Chris and Louise teach in the mental program and you know, the core concepts of like risk management and money management, position sizing and um, macro filters and all those things that I didn't know before and the things that really keep you safe as a trader and allow you to keep trading long term. What's been one of the hardest experiences for you in the market so far and what did you learn from it? My hardest experience was probably before the mentor program, I was doing some options strategies and trading that um, I'd learned at a seminar and I really had no idea what I was doing and, you know, taking enormous risks and as a result suffering some really bad losses. And those kind of losses would be intolerable to me now, but I just, you know, sleepless nights worrying about my the risks that I was taking and then, of course, the self-flagellation that happens when you do suffer big losses and, you know, equating your self-worth to your trading account balance. And that was some pretty terrible times for me. Um, you know, I had to really pick myself up and dust myself off and find a better way of doing it. But um, luckily I did, yeah. What's been the best experience for you so far trading and what did you learn from that? Uh, best experience was when I have followed my trading plan, even at times when I haven't wanted to. As I I think Chris talks, Chris and Louise talk about the courage that it takes to be a trader. Sometimes it really, um, it really does take a lot of courage to follow your plan. If, if you're fighting it, you can fight against it. And just to give you an example of that, in the program, Chris teaches a a strategy for CFDs um, and pyramiding into strongly trending shares. And when I was, I mean, I was lucky that I started in 2003 when it was a great time, start of a, of a bull market. I was in a few trades, but one or two in particular where I kept getting a lot of pyramid signals. And, you know, I would be on Monday mornings gritting my teeth and closing my eyes as I was, I was pressing the set, um, buy button because, you know, I was so, so fighting against what I, what I had to do. I knew I had to do it because my trading plan said so. But um, but in the end, it really it really paid off, and um, those one or two trades, as a result of I think one of them had seven, six or seven pyramids, and it allowed me to pay off my debt that I had at the time, which was which was fantastic, and you know, so I'll always be grateful for that to Chris and Louise for, for that and sharing their knowledge. Six or seven pyramids. Wow. Yeah, yeah I can't remember exactly because it's a few years ago now, but yeah, it was it was it was a big one. <laughs> What's one surprise you've discovered about trading? Um, it's never it's never ending as far as your learning goes. 
I used to, I think when I started, I thought, oh, well, I'll do the mentor program and I'll come out and it'll be like I've done a degree and, you know, I'll just go off into the world and do it. And it's not like that at all. It's, it's sort of there's no end point to the learning and, and that's good. That's good. I think it keeps you evolving and looking at yourself and, it, you know, trading's like a mirror. It's, you know, you're always kind of examining your the way you did a trade or what can I do better and, and that's um, that's something that I that surprised me that I'm still I still feel like a novice when I'm trading. Are you profitable in your trading now? Yes, I am profitable. I've I've had my most profitable or most success in trading equities long term. At the moment, I'm trading um, FX as well, and uh, this year I think this year my daily systems up about twenty five R. What's your advice to new traders? I would say don't be afraid to make mistakes and learn. Don't you know? Every trader makes every mistake, so there's there's always an opportunity to to learn something from that, and just keep keep swinging the bat, keep um, keep going, and it does fall into place eventually. Linda Kroger, it was a delight speaking with you with all your experience trading. Thank you for coming on and sharing your trading journey so openly. Thanks, Caroline. And that is all we have for you today. Please stay tuned next week to hear another trading game mentor, re Cheryl Bittman. I'm Caroline Stephen. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation. Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.